In this week's episode, we've got a massive reselling news update with a focus on the shenanigans currently going on over at eBay. I'll talk about a few things I sold last week and we'll recap my business for the week. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips. This is your first time stumbling in here. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the Batcave. And this channel is all about the flip life. You have reached the what is now uh, essentially the weekly update episode where I will go over what I sold last week, the more interesting things. I sell on average anywhere from 75 to 100 items a week, if things are going well anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I only hit kind of the high points or some interesting things that I think you might want to be on the lookout for, be they a specific item or a category of items. Uh, I will also go over all of my business results for the week. So very transparent. I'll share with you sales, expenses, profits, pre-tax, so you can get an idea of what kind of business you can do selling in the categories that I sell in, in the way that I do it. And we can talk a little bit about that. And I also do a big, well, sometimes it's not very big. This week, it's absolutely enormous, uh, reselling news update. So let's get straight into that. News updates. So there is just a massive amount going on in the world of reselling right now. Uh, we'll get to the eBay stuff in kind of the second half of this, but we're going to start with Poshmark. We talked over the last couple of episodes about some of the reselling platforms had suffered some stock price dips based on projections for the upcoming quarters. Poshmark just projected their second quarter and their stock fell 22%. (laughs) Uh, Shares of Poshmark Inc. fell nearly 22% last Thursday after the used clothing marketplace operator offered a disappointing second quarter forecast. Uh, They expect to post earnings excluding interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of somewhere between 1.5 and 2.5 million for the current period on sales that they are estimating anywhere from 79 to 81 million. Uh, Analysts, however, had expected the profit to be 2.3 million on sales of at least 81 million. So with that news coming out, the, the shares plummeted. The sell-off actually though, and this this happens pretty regularly, came in spite of better than expected performance in the first quarter. In the just completed period, the company lost $74.5 million or $1.19 a share on $81 million in revenue. In the same period, a year earlier, it lost $11 million or 89 cents a share, but on 57.1 million. So their sales are way up but their expenses are also up significantly. And the company continues to, on a quarter-to-quarter basis, not yet really consistently be profitable. So uh, that's what's going on over at Poshmark. ThreadUp announced that they had a 15.2% jump in quarterly revenue for their first quarter. So that was pretty good. Uh, total revenue rose to $55.7 million in the first quarter, which ended March 31st. That was up from $48.3 million a year earlier. Their stock also continues to ping pong kind of up and down based on good results like this. 
and less than stellar projections for kind of the near-term future. Getting out of the world of stocks and moving into something else very speculative, trading cards. You may have seen this already. I know this came out late last week, and there were several people that posted about it on Instagram. I imagine there will be other companies, if they have not already followed suit, that will be following suit. But Target announced uh, the headline of the article is Target will stop selling Pokemon cards in their stores out of an abundance of caution. They have officially confirmed that they will halt the sales of Pokemon cards throughout the U.S. This began on Friday, last Friday, the 14th. Uh, The retailer cited an abundance of caution hoping to help keep their not only their guests, but their associates safe. Uh, apparently, there have been some incidents in some of their stores where things have gotten a little out of hand. So they're just wiping the slate clean and getting out of them. They have mentioned uh, also that they had previously already started limiting how many cards they would allow, allow people to buy, but now... They're just going to get rid of it altogether. They have also, in this announcement, said this will apply to Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA cards as well. So nothing will be available in the Target stores. You may, if you go in, you may still find a few odds and ends depending on the caliber of that store's team. But by and large, you should not be finding any trading cards in your local area Target stores. That will all now be online. Moving on to Etsy. Etsy has announced a ban on gun parts and accessories. Frankly, that's another item I would not have expected (laughs) uh, that you might have been able to find on eBay other than maybe individual one-off kind of handcrafted specialty items. But apparently there were more of this on there than I would have expected. Uh, This ban goes into effect on May 25th, so not a ton of time. Uh, That's essentially a week from now, a little over a week from now. Uh, In a statement, Etsy said, as of May 25th, 2021, we will no longer accommodate any gun parts or accessories that attach to a firearm. We take protecting our marketplace very seriously and work hard to balance the enforcement of our policies with the unique variety of handmade items our sellers contribute to the marketplace. A number of sellers advised those impacted by the new policy to download their listings, warning they would disappear once the policy was enacted. One seller wrote, quote, it is really best to begin exporting any info and photos you wish to save now. Also, let your regular customers know where you will be relocating your items and your shop. Um, Etsy has prohibited the sale of weapons, including guns, on its marketplace for some time, but nowhere in that previously existing policy did it specifically mention accessories or parts? So this is brand new. It took sellers by surprise. And the other issue, of course, is the timing of it is very, very short. They have a two-week window, the sellers do, to figure out what they want to do and where they want to sell these parts. So Etsy making some changes. Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's let's go to eBay. Uh, I've got like six, seven tabs. <laughs> Uh, open here for eBay. It is just chaos right now. If you're a seller on eBay, man, you're you're probably not a happy camper <laughs> this week. I know I wasn't. Um, we'll start with some news that broke really kind of later in the week that took a lot of folks by surprise. eBay will enact a sex ban starting on June 15th. 
they have announced that they are banning the sale of most sexually explicit materials beginning June 15th, 2021. Here's where it gets a little tricky. Of course, everyone has a slightly different view of what constitutes sexually explicit, and eBay's version apparently is extremely PG. Uh, this article, where is this thing? This is on TheVerge.com, and as always, I will link to all of this in the show notes and the video description below. Uh, the, the policy is confusing in that it appears to conflate nudity and sexually explicit content. It carefully defines nudity as, quote, showing any part of male or female genitalia, anus, or female breasts where the areola or nipple is visible. It goes on to say that those same bits don't get a pass if they're covered by a see-through material or confined by tight clothing. The policy also classifies people engaged in sexual contact or activity as nudity, which... I suppose there's probably nudity involved, but the act itself, (laughs) not sure how that really qualifies. Anyway, they go on to say that most adult-only items are going to be prohibited, and that includes sexually explicit anime, comic books, films, animation, manga, uh, hentai, and more. So it's a big, really broad just swipe at anything that could be deemed as sexually explicit in nature. It's going to be really interesting to see in some of the non-adult categories, anime and comic books and so on, how heavy-handed they are with this and how thorough they are with deleting these items. Uh, This article brings up, for instance, the Game of Thrones, which has a ton of sex in it. If you've ever seen that show, it crazy amounts of sex in that show. So will you be able to sell Game of Thrones DVDs, books, whatnot on eBay going forward? That's a good question. The policy is so vague that no one can really answer it right now. Um, The policy does, interestingly, carve out exemptions for Playboy, Playgirl, Mayfair, and Penthouse. (laughs) I don't know how they came up with that particular quartet of titles uh, to exclude from this policy because they clearly would fall into an area of nudity, which if that, that it's their attempt to ban that from their site, I don't know why those four particularly would get a pass. They also mentioned that tasteful nudes sold in the art section would also be allowed provided poses are acceptable. Again, very vague. What's acceptable to me may not be acceptable to you. Uh, and that there are no sexual acts depicted in the painting. Uh, Sex toys in unopened packages will continue to be permitted provided the packaging itself is not sexually explicit. Uh, eBay reached out to The Verge for this article and said starting June 15th, 2021, items showing sexual content or sexually suggestive poses will no longer be allowed on eBay. The everything else slash adult only category will no longer be available as a category. No new listings will be allowed in that category and good till canceled listings will be ended upon their renewal date. So if you've got something in there currently listed that is not going to renew for a little bit of time, that listing will not be canceled on June 15th. It will be allowed to expire on its own naturally, but it will not be relisted. So 
I don't sell in that category. Let me know if you do what, and let me know what you think in the comments, or you can send me an email at galaxycds at gmail.com. Or if you go to my anchor page and there is a link somewhere in all this stuff, uh, you can actually leave me a voice message too, if you'd like to have your voice heard on this podcast at some point in the future. But let me know what you think about this change. Caught people totally unawares. Again, I don't really know how big this category is for eBay. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the business calculus is. Uh, obviously, they have made the decision that striking all of these items from their catalog is better for their image than whatever they're going to lose in revenue from not having those items available to sell. I don't know how that affects any of you as an individual seller, but this entire category is going away. And again, in fairly short order, it is less than a month away. So while eBay apparently hates sex, one thing we know they love is item specifics. <laughs> uh, people were blowing up last week because required soon item specifics started showing up in their seller hub and on their feeds. This was something we covered in the spring seller update several episodes ago that there were going to be new requirements coming out. I think eBay announces that in like February or early March for something that is going to go into effect later in the spring. So people tend to, uh, they read it and then they forget about it. And then you get to May when they said these things were going to start popping up and they start popping up and people's heads explode. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, it is a freaking mess. If you follow me on Instagram, shameless plug at Galaxy CDs Rocks, you probably saw me post about a specific example in the category of CDs. So if you list in CDs, you list in the category music slash CDs. Seems fairly straightforward. One of the new item specifics that's required in that category is format CD. Why? There are multiple others in that category alone that are essentially duplications of information that is already there. They've added a new, it's, a, it's not a required, but it's a recommended item specific called type. And it's album, single, maxi single, EP, and so on, which is also already covered in another recommended item specific called duration. And as you go through these different ones, you'll find this repeatedly where there are tons of redundant repetitive, duplicate, and sometimes triplicate item specifics being either required or recommended. Um, I know some people had a relative handful, um, 70, 80. I had a couple of dozen on the first couple of days. I woke up on Thursday morning. I had something like 560-some. I literally spent nine hours on Thursday doing nothing but updating item specifics. And at the end of the day, I had a thousand <laughs> that needed to be done. And I'm pretty sure just based on the math of how long it was taking me to do them, I probably did maybe as many as 1200 that day. I've probably done over 2000, maybe as many as 2500 so far. And I've still got nearly 850 that are showing as required soon. The first day, at least for me, the first big day was particularly painful because it was not transferring 
information that I already had on my listings, for instance, the title of a CD. So I was having to go back in and enter that information again, which is really frustrating because that's something I had put in all of my listings to begin with. That has since seemingly fixed itself. Again, leave me a comment down in the comments below. Uh, did you have an issue like that where I, item specifics you had already filled out had been dropped? I know this apparently was a really big issue, particularly in trading cards and comic books, where there were massive changes made. Um, books in general received a pretty massive change in how item specifics are being handled, which ones are in there. And again, some of them are in there multiple times with different names on them. So that's a really frustrating experience. And I, I would venture to say all to very little end. I don't know many people who use the supposed checkboxes to narrow their searches when they're doing a search. Most people, like my friend Erin at Rebel Junk, um, she commented on her Instagram page that all of the information that is in her required item specifics is already in the title of her listing. And that stuff is already supposed to be searchable by eBay. So I don't, I'm having a little hard time and I, I don't want to sound like sour grapes because I've got literally thousands <laughs> of them to do. Um, but every time this comes up, it's the same issue. It was the same thing in the fall update. There were tons of item specifics that were either duplicative of specifics that were already in there. In addition to the timing of it just being awful, it's not something that you should be doing in fourth quarter. Hopefully there won't be any in the fall update. Uh, but this one is, it has hit a particularly media sellers really, really hard. Um, the, the situation I mentioned with CDs is also true in cassettes and records. So if it's in the records category, you still have to go in and click that it's a record. Um, it is it is a mess. An email uh, went out on eBay messaging finally on, I think, the 17th that said new item specifics will be required on July 12th. So we've got plenty of time to get these done. I want to get them done and get it knocked out as fast as I can. So right now I'm doing about 100 a day just to kind of try to keep up with it a little bit and see where that gets me. But they will not be due until July 12th. You'll see these item specifics listed in your current workflow as required soon. So as you're doing new listings, if there are specific things that are going to be required when this new update fully goes into effect, they are already highlighted for you. Um, and of course, you're getting the updates of items you already have listed that need to be fixed. After this date, you will not be able to publish new relisted or revised listings in the following categories without these new required item specifics. Business and industrial, collectibles, gift cards, home and garden, media, musical instruments, uh, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, which we'll get into here in a few minutes, parts and accessories, and sporting goods. So there is, um, and I will link again to this in the show notes below, there is a link to a tool which will help you find, in addition to eBay already pushing these to your seller hub, items that you may have that are missing these required item specifics. And there is also a link to a new page which shows what all of the new item specifics are in each category. So if you're unsure what they might be, It'll kind of show you what they are. But uh, let me know what you think of this. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to call it without swearing. <laughs> uh, this has been a, a mess. 
an absolute mess. Uh, one of the other things I've run into is I've got a good portion of my store currently on sale and I use a uh, auto decline. And if you try to revise a listing where my sale price is already below my auto decline, which happens sometimes, it won't let you update that until you go in and change your auto decline price. So I've got I've got 1,500 items on sale right now, and a good number of those I've had to go in and make other edits to before I can even fix these handful of item specifics on these things. So it's been uh, it's been a brutal brutal few days here on the old item specifics front. So moving on, we mentioned uh, NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens. eBay has announced that they are going to tap into that frenzy and allow the sale of NFTs on their platform. Now, there was another article last week. I, I don't have it here in front of me that mentioned that the NFT market is already crashing a little bit, that there are, for some reason, people are realizing that this stuff may not be worth kind of the crazy money that people are paying for some of these. Uh, so... I don't know how big a deal this will be going forward, but eBay has announced that uh, they're going to allow the sale of non-fungible tokens for digital digital collectibles like trading cards, images, or video clips on its platform. NFTs are virtual assets that exist on a blockchain ledger, have ex- and they've exploded in popularity this year. Enthusiasts are spending enormous sums of money on artwork in particular, and other items that exist only online, with some of them having sold for tens of millions of dollars. Like I said, there was another article, I don't have it in front of me, that said the prices were beginning to come down to earth a little bit, as you see with stocks and everything. When they're brand new, they go through the roof, and then reality sets in, and they find kind of a happy middle. I think that's what's happening with NFTs. Again, it's an area I'm not personally going to mess with as either a buyer or a seller. (laughs) Uh, But there you go. In coming months, eBay will add new capabilities that bring blockchain-driven collectibles to our platform. So you got that going on. Uh, eBay also sent out a memo to uh, their quote-unquote power sellers that they are retiring the power seller program. The only reason I knew it was even still in existence is if you go in through a certain way to look at your profile, the little power seller thing pops up. But other than that, as far as I knew, it was it was long done. <laughs> uh, everything was now top rated seller. So, but apparently the program was still going on. While the power seller program was part of eBay's heritage and has provided a meaningful badge for sellers, it now exists alongside the previously mentioned top rated seller program. Because that program offers more meaningful seller recognition as well as a wider set of benefits, we have made the decision to simplify the programs and retire the Power Seller program and badge as of June 20th. Uh, So if, if you are pretty stoked about your Power Seller badge, it's going away. In recognition of your contribution as a Power Seller, we have created a special certificate which you can personalize and download I couldn't get it to work. <laughs> uh, not that I would have printed it out, you know, and hung it over there by the Batman sign anyway, but I, it, it didn't load. I couldn't, I couldn't even see what it looked like. So uh, if you were able to do that, send me a picture, post it on Instagram and tag me in it at Galaxy CDs Rocks <laughs> uh, so I can see what that, what that thing looks like. Uh, continuing on with eBay, they have tapped JetBlue Airways executive um, Steve Priest 
to be their new chief financial officer. They announced late on Monday that uh, this gentleman was coming over from JetBlue Airways. He had previously been the CFO for British Airways for nearly 20 years. So this guy's got a tremendous amount of airline experience. I'm not sure how that necessarily translates into eBay, although as a chief financial officer, money's money and it probably all will be good, but it's an interesting change of pace to get somebody that far afield. Usually they're looking for other people from different tech businesses. So this is a, an interesting step. Uh, eBay said the interim CFO, Andy Kring, will continue in the role until Priest joins next month and he will assist with the transition. This also goes into effect June 21st. June's going to be a really busy month over at uh, the eBay HQ. And lastly, for our Canadian friends, eBay to let Canadian sellers opt for U.S. dollars. eBay will begin letting sellers in Canada receive payouts in U.S. dollars. It's a big deal since many Canadian eBay sellers do a majority of their business on eBay.com. The change impacts sellers enrolled in managed payments. Quote, we are pleased to announce this functionality is rolling out over the coming weeks starting on May 4th. So this is a little retroactive. The article didn't post until the 16th. Uh, Canadian businesses sorry, Canadian business sellers or sellers by invitation will be able to register for this program and choose the payout option that best suits the need of their business. However, keep in mind, the article says, if you select U.S. dollar payouts and choose to list on eBay.ca, your items will be listed in Canadian dollars on that site and you may be subject to additional fees when that is then converted to U.S. dollars. Also, you want to make sure that the account that you provide for your deposits is denominated in the same currency as your selected payout currency. If you link a bank account that is denominated in a different currency than the payout currency by mistake, you need to go back and change it and fix it before you complete it again. Otherwise, you may end up paying extra fees. Uh, eBay has said that if you choose to continue and you go ahead and complete that and your deposits need to be in Canadian dollars and you've chosen U.S. dollars, there will be fees involved that you will have to pay. They are saying if you want to do business in both Canadian and U.S. dollars, you need to have separate accounts on ebay.com and ebay.ca. Again, I will link to this article on e-commerce bytes in the show notes and the video description below so you can take a little, little deeper look at it. And uh, there's a link in that article to the full announcement on ebay.ca. So, wow, that was a massive, that was almost a full podcast <laughs> uh, all by itself just with the news. We are going to take a quick break uh, for the podcast listeners so I can squeeze in a quick sponsor message. And then we'll be back with some what sold on eBay and a quick business recap. Stay tuned. For most of us, sourcing is fun, but shipping not so much. Reselling items online is amazing until shipping turns into a full-time job. Most of us didn't get into this hustle to become shipping or logistics experts, and we also didn't think that our lives would begin to revolve around getting orders out on time. Once you reach a certain point with your reselling business, it becomes increasingly difficult to step away. Taking a break is almost impossible unless you put your store on vacation mode, which may lead to slower sales. And that's where eBliss Reseller Solutions comes in. They'll store and ship your inventory 
so you can focus on sourcing and finding that life balance. Finally, you can get a break from those mundane tasks. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link below to my conversation with Dave and Lori, fellow resellers and the founders of eBliss Reseller Solutions. There's also an affiliate link, which you can use to get additional information directly from eBliss and help support the podcast. Thanks for checking them out, and be sure to tell them that Ryan sent you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. So I've got a handful of items to share this week that I sold over the last week or so on eBay. And I think Mercari, I think Mercari's on here at least once. I think I've only got eight for you. So let's just get right into these. This first item was a CD, Telegraph, 10 songs and then some. Uh, the Scholars collected 1993 to 1996 on Jump Up Records. This is kind of like a greatest hits compilation. I'm pretty sure this was an old ska band. Uh, any ska punk rock fans out there can let me know if I've got that right or wrong. But uh, this was like a greatest hits compilation. Went for $23.99 with free shipping. This was part of a big lot of CDs that I bought uh, that I own for about four cents. Another CD also from that lot, David Thomas and the Two Pale Boys, Erewhon. This was another new CD from the 90s on Tim Kerr Records. This went for $24 with free shipping. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, these guys were from Cleveland or the Cleveland area. When I had my record store, I had one guy who was just a fanatic about Dave Thomas and Two Pale Boys. So I don't know that I've ever listened to any of this stuff, but that sold for 24 bucks. This next item sold on Mercari, uh, a Bachman mail car HO scale from Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas and Friends. This was new and sealed. I picked this up at a garage sale along with a couple of other HO slash OO scale model railroad cars for $3 a piece. This went for $25 plus customer paid shipping. So that's not a bad little flip. That essentially paid for all of the other things that I bought at that sale and then some. So really pleased with that. I've talked about before, model railroad stuff can be, it isn't all, but it can be really profitable this being new and sealed was kind of a no-brainer. I think they had it listed for 5 bucks, but because I was buying, I think, three or four cars and a couple of other things, I got a really good deal, paid 3 bucks for it. Speaking of model trains, uh, part of that big lot of catalogs that I bought for $0.05 cents a piece, this Marklin uh, D56 catalog from 1956. This is actually uh, the English version of this catalog. It was available in both I think German and in English, they're at that age. Obviously, they're fairly scarce, especially if they're in any kind of decent condition. Again, an item I own for five cents. It sold for $29.99 with free shipping. The first book of the week, The Collected Writings on the Gods and the World, Volume 4 by Thomas Taylor. Again, this is part of a larger collection of books 
I did not have the full set. I bought these in a lot. I think I had maybe two of them. I don't even know how many are supposed to be in the set. So I listed them individually. I had this listed, I believe, for $34.99 or best offer. I received an offer of $30 plus free shipping and went ahead and accepted that. I own it for a quarter. It was a big week for CDs. Here's another one, Greg Holden. I don't believe you. This is from 2011. So this was actually a little bit newer. Um, this also was in that lot. There was one random box of that lot. Most of that stuff was like late 80s through mid 90s, late 90s. There was one box that had a few odds and ends from the kind of 2008 to 2014 era. This is one of those. Went for $34.99 with free shipping. And it wasn't even new. I mean, it was oh, it was in very good shape, but it was an open stock item. So really interesting piece. Uh, another book, Papers of Henry Clay, Volume 8, Candidate Compromiser Wig. Uh, this was from 1836, a collection of writings and essays from Henry Clay. Again, part of a much larger set that I did not have a complete set of. Listed them individually. I think I had this for maybe $47.99. Um, sent out a 15% off offer. And sold it for $42.49. And now, your flip of the week. I picked this up at a garage sale just a couple of weeks ago. I paid $3 for it. It is a United States Air Force flight crew checklist for a KC-135A from 1964. I got this in Dayton. This particular item was from the wright Pat Air Force Base up there. So whoever had this worked at that air base, had this book. Somehow it ended up in this guy's garage sale. Really interesting item, had all of the like checklists and things that you need to do to get this plane off the ground and operate it all in like laminated little plastic slip covers. A really, really fascinating piece. I can't fly. Most of it didn't mean anything to me, <laughs> uh, but it was a really interesting item. Like I said, I picked it up for three bucks. Listed it for $49.99 or best offer on eBay, $50 uh, with free shipping on Mercari. And somebody on Mercari bought it probably eight or nine days after I listed it. So again, not a multi-hundred dollar item, but a $50 pop off of a $3 investment. I'll take those. So let's just go over a really quick recap of last week's business. If you were on this podcast last week, you know that the week prior was terrible. This week, kind of back to normal. On the sales front, I mentioned last week that my SUV broke down. So the repair bill for that bad boy is in this week's expenses. So from a profit standpoint, it wasn't all that great. But I did have the money to actually pay for the repair. So... We'll call it a win. Uh, listings for the week. Last week, I did 77 new listings on eBay, which brought my store total to 6,523, which was a net gain of 11, meaning, of course, that I sold 66 listings last week. So still a little bit off the pace, but a little bit better than the week prior. 74 new listings went up over on Mercari. That brought my total over there to 2,602. Sales for the week, 12, 34, and 25 cents. So not quite back 
to the kind of thirteen to fourteen hundred dollar range where I'd been running for quite some time, but a huge improvement over the seven hundred odd dollars from the week before. Uh, broke down like this. of affiliate income. Again, thank you to anyone who has clicked one of the affiliate links and made a purchase or subscribed to a service like List Perfectly or checked out eBliss Reseller Solutions. Um, I really appreciate all the support there. Uh, So $13.80 there, $25.60 from Bonanza, uh, $32.82 over at the Westchester Antique Mall. So that was actually quite a step up over the week before. $147 $147 on Mercari and eBay back kind of in the area that it belongs in a thousand fifteen and three cents. So all in all, a much improved week from the previous one. Cost of goods sold for the week, $47.11, which left me with a gross profit margin of 96.18%, $1,187.14, which again, huge improvement over the week before when it was $700. However, the expenses were a little bit ugly for the week. Seven oh seven sixty five, essentially two hundred dollars of that, which it could have been, <laughs> uh, I guess, probably a lot, lot worse. Uh, two hundred dollars of that went to repairing the family truckster, which I use essentially just for going to garage and estate sales and thrifting. It is strictly a work vehicle. I bought it. It's got one hundred and eighty thousand miles plus on it. I bought it for twenty four hundred dollars. Just for this purpose, this is the third time in 18 months that I've had to have some kind of repair done to it. I've probably spent maybe $700 in repairs over a year and a half. So in comparison to making a payment on a newer vehicle, it's still a cheaper option for me. Um, and it's it's broken down on me a couple of times, but they've all been relatively quick fixes hasn't required me, you know, getting an Uber back from Dayton or anything silly. Uh, so all in all, it's been a great investment for me. If I have to spend two, $300 a quarter to keep the thing running, um, I've more than made my money back on it with, you know, big book hauls and whatnot. So it's totally been worth it for me. But in this particular case, it, it kind of screwed my P and L, uh, other than that kind of normal expenses that you would expect, uh, $280 in shipping expenses, $173 in eBay, Mercari, and Bonanza fees. And my List Perfectly subscription came due. I'm still a big supporter of List Perfectly. Again, there is an affiliate link in the show notes and description below. It has continued to allow me to really easily cross list my new listings from eBay over to Mercari. I haven't really had the time to go back and really work through the catalog. I've still got probably 3,500 items or so that I need to get transferred over, but I've just been working on some other projects. So, uh, but I still am a big, big believer. It is more than paying for itself that $49 a month. So if you're interested in more information on that, uh, click the link, go check it out. Um, totally worthwhile. For the week that left me with a net profit percentage of just 38.85% or $479.49. That being said, that's still more net profit than I made the week before. (laughs) Uh, So even with fixing the family truckster, I came out ahead. So we're going to chalk this one up in the win column. With that, that's going to wrap this thing up. We're probably somewhere 35, 40 minutes. So pretty nice 
episode length, I guess. Uh, let me know in the comments, how's your week going? As always, I appreciate you taking some time to either listen to this while you're driving to the thrift store or whatever, if you're listening to the podcast or playing this in the background while you're working on listening, if you're watching on YouTube, or if you'd like to look at this ugly mug, just actually legitimately watching the video. <laughs> uh, if you got something out of this, if you enjoyed it, if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, smack that thumbs up button. As always, feel free to share this video with any of your like-minded reselling friends. Quick programming note, I will be appearing with my friend um, Brandy from My Reseller Treasure over on Derek and Regina Michelle's uh, Wednesday Hump Day Hangout on June 2nd. So mark that in your calendar. That should be a good time if you're not watching their show on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern. It's a really, it's a fun show. It is not all just reselling related. He has all kinds of people on there who are into different kinds of side hustles, Um dedicated YouTubers. He's had the owner of a marijuana dispensary. There's all kinds of different stuff, different people every week. It is a really fun time. So go check that out. Worst case, come see me on the show on June 2nd at nine o'clock Eastern. And I'll remind you as we get a little closer. That's all I got for you tonight. Thank you so much for coming by. I appreciate it. And now it's time to sell. Thanks guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.